The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink, and you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven. Valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early. Plus tax, applicable on large big gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Hello, media consumers. Welcome to Press Box Final Edition. Brian Curtis of The Ringer here, along with producer Erica Cervantes. There is a political term called the October Surprise, where a candidate faces a story about their past weeks before Election Day. We may need a new cliche to describe the last week of the U.S. Senate campaign of Herschel Walker, who has faced a report that he paid for a woman he conceived a child with to have an abortion. A reporter covering this story is Greg Bluestein of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and the author of Flipped, How Georgia Turned Purple and Broke the Monopoly on Republican Power. He's going to tell us what October surprises are like for campaign reporters. Greg, welcome to the Press Box. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, let's start here. On Monday, there was a Daily Beast story by Roger Sollenberger reporting that Herschel Walker, who wants a total ban on abortion, paid a woman to have an abortion. What was the reaction like in Georgia to that story? Ooh, it was a bombshell. We should say first that Herschel Walker uh, calls these claims, this report, a flat-out lie. We at the AJC haven't independently verified it yet, but we have reached out to the woman who declined to comment. But I was with Senator Raphael Warnock, his Democratic opponent, the incumbent, uh, over at an event not far from my house, actually. It was a uh, Rosh Hashanah for the Jewish holiday, a Rosh Hashanah um, meeting with some Jewish women and maybe 150 people, 150 people or so were, were there at this event listening to Senator Warnock speak, where around 7 o'clock, um, Sollenberger and the Daily Beast dropped this report. I'm kind of skimming it. I'm looking back and forth. I'm getting texts about it. And Senator Warnock is on stage, um, you know, obviously he has no idea that the story has just broke, but he did speak about his opposition uh, to these abortion restrictions and got a standing ovation from the crowd. And then right afterwards, I asked Senator Warnock, hey, you know, I know you haven't read the story yet, but X, Y, Z. And he was kind of a little bit flabbergasted. You know, he hadn't, I don't think, was was quite aware of, of, of the details of the report. But instantly, uh, it became one of the biggest stories of this campaign. 
and how Herschel Walker has responded to it has been fascinating because at first he kind of retrenched to f- f- uh, comfortable audiences. Um, he had an, uh, you know, a few interviews with Fox News and some friendly commentators. But on Thursday, he finally had his first major public event and he picked a sawmill way out three hours from Atlanta in the middle of nowhere to, to deliver his response. Can you give us some campaign trail color about that event? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, you know, we, of course, have been bugging him and his campaign for, hey, we we want a chance to question him, right? We don't we don't want to just hear him on uh, on Sean Hannity's program where he's getting friendly softballs about this and then quickly moving on to, you know, Joe Biden attacks. Uh, we want to see him out there live with voters. And this was the strangest political event I think I've ever covered, or at least up there, because this is not a, a campaign trail stop. This was literally like a working sawmill in the middle of East Georgia, in the middle of kind of nowhere, um, three hours from Atlanta. This was a company called Battle Lumber. It's a great company. It, it supplies lots of jobs to the area. So this is not a disparagement to the to the company at all, to the firm at all. But it's a working sawmill where there's forklifts full of lumber, warehouses, sawd- sawdust in the air. Um and you know we were kind of at this dusty patch of land near a warehouse on the edge of the property, and they put up a little stage with a giant American flag hanging from uh, from a cherry picker uh, from a crane. And you know there's a few hundred, maybe 150, 200 people there, but the vast majority of them were shift workers who very clearly did not want to be there. <laughs> they had work to do, and you know it was a hot day, and they're all kind of standing there. And Herschel Walker gets off the bus. And usually at campaign events, there's huge applause, bursts of ovations, right? Because people are driven to see Herschel Walker from wherever. This was a bunch, these were a bunch of workers. Some of them didn't even speak English, who didn't, who made it very clear they didn't want to be there and get, kind of gave them polite applause. Herschel Walker stands up on stage, doesn't talk about these accusations, doesn't hardly talks about his Senate campaign at all. And one of the workers kind of muttered to a friend, why are we even here? When is this over? You know, we need to get back. They still had to get the work done, whether or not uh, Herschel Walker was, you know, was, was giving them a little break. Um, so very strange event. Afterwards, he got in a very tense exchange with reporters near his campaign bus who were actually asking him about the underlying accusations, the reason why everyone had driven so far to see him. I was going to ask you about this because how many exchanges have you had as reporters like that with Walker on the campaign trail where you just have a chance to ask him whatever you want? Yeah, this always happens closer to November for us local reporters because there's plenty of events I've been to where I'm the only reporter there. I mean, more than I can count. Um, and not even that long, you know, not, not even that long ago, just a few weeks ago, there was events where it would just be me um, or just be one of my colleagues who, who cover these campaigns. And now, especially now with the national attention, events like this get get overrun <laughs> with national reporters um, who are all want to go on live on TV. And that's cool. That's their job. Um, but it is, it is an interesting part of these campaigns, especially when scandals erupt. And, you know, I, I, what, one of my gigs is also, I'm an analyst for MSNBC and, you know, I've bought on TV, I don't know, probably close to a hundred, easily close to a hundred times, if not more, um, over the last six or seven months talking about Georgia politics. But the vast majority of, of the questions I've been getting have been about the special grand jury trial involving Donald Trump that could quite quite literally would be the trial of the century if it goes forward next year. Um, so I get why I'm getting lots of questions about that and less so about the campaign trail. Well, that is completely flipped now that polls show a closer race and that this contest could 
you know, again, determine control of the U.S. Senate. Walker's response when you finally get to question him was what? This is a lie. This is a distraction by Democrats. They're desperate. But, you know, you can hear that in his audio, but the visual is really telling because Herschel Walker has stumbled on the campaign trail over and over again. Even his biggest supporters can't can't deny that. He's had a real tough time um, communicating a message. He's had all sorts of gaffes and stumbles and blunders on the campaign trail. And so his campaign didn't want him, didn't want to risk another gaffe. So they gave him a, a piece of paper, a sheaf of paper, and he, he gets in front of the media and he's quite literally looking down at the piece of paper on camera, you know, before a live audience. It was, I think it was streamed on uh, live on MSNBC and he's reading from a prepared statement. They didn't, not even trying to memorize it, just reading directly. And he, you can hear him pause as he flips the paper and continues to speak. So a uh, very telling campaign event that he didn't bring it up at all on the stage, that the audience could care, really, many of them could care less about what he was saying. And then, you know, when he, when he finally does address it, he reads from a scripted paper. And then when reporters have a chance to ask him questions, he's very combative. But that, that's kind of normal for him. He likes the back and forth. Um, I ask him a question, he'll say, Greg, you know, you know, that's not right. You know, you're just making that up. You know, you're going to vote for me. He kind of says stuff like that, kind of, kind of, you know, make it awkward for the reporters to, to, to press him with questions. Betting that com- combat with reporters will help him with the kind of people he wants to turn out in November. And I think he's just a competitive guy. Well, I know he's a competitive guy, right? He is, he is, I always tell folks, he's not just some great athlete. He's a legendary athlete. That, that, that's why he's, he stands apart in Georgia. I mean, he's the, one of the most recognized figures in Georgia and the competitive juices get him going. That, that's, why, that's why I always kind of thought, I was always skeptical debate would happen, but I always kind of thought he himself wanted to do a debate because there is no, that is the best form of competition in politics is standing on stage. It's the closest thing you've got to like, you know, a, a championship football game is standing on stage side by side with your opponent, able to address him directly. So he won the Heisman Trophy at the University of Georgia in 1982. He had a long career in the NFL. What was his reputation like in the state before he got involved in politics? It's a that. It's a legendary athlete. I mean, there's. I have lifelong. I have Democrats. I have friends who are lifelong Democrats whose dogs are named Herschel, or whose security (laughs) codes to their garages are 3434. Uh Um, Brian Robinson, a a, a really famous, really well-known Republican strategist here in Georgia said he's basically the Pope here in Georgia. I mean, that, that's how high his name recognition is. That's, he's the most, one of the most recognizable figures in the state. And I'd probably put him up there in terms of living people. Up there with Jimmy Carter. It's, I know it sounds silly, but that is that sort of reputation he, had in, he has in Georgia. And, you know, I grew up, I, I was born after he stopped playing football in Georgia, right? He, he had already left the University of Georgia when I was born. My parents have they, they don't care about college football at all. And yet I still grew up hearing tales of Herschel Walker. My friends had posters of him in their rooms, right? So that, that's sort of his renown, but he moved to Texas. Um, he, he didn't come back to UGA all that often, you know, for, for big formal events. There was always rumors that he had, a, you know, a testier relationship with the school, um, but he, he wasn't a fixture at UGA football games or anything like that. Um, but he went to Texas, started a business, Ended up competing in the Olympics as a bobsledder, you know, did mixed martial art fighting. You know, it was always kind of out there. We always would hear of his travails and his, his, his adventures, but wasn't, but that's just, that what was definitely not 
a, a political fixture in Georgia. And he, he endorsed Kelly Leffler, the U.S. senator, um, which was a big kind of moment on the campaign trail. But he was not out there, you know, front and center in Georgia politics by any means. Although when his name started surfacing for U.S. Senate, folks paid attention. So he's the football pope in Georgia. How would you describe his politics? Well, that's the danger of any sort of legendary athlete to get into politics. And he was warned, right? He was warned that if you get in, there's going to be a significant number of people who used to idolize you who will no longer. And that's even before any of these allegations came out. It's just because of policy stances. And he was always a Trump ally. I mean, he he goes back, you know, 40 years with Donald Trump, back into the early 1980s when Trump's USFL team, um, you know, uh, 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 picked uh, and, and, and recruited uh, Herschel Walker. So they have a long friendship. He might be one of the only politicians who can tell Donald Trump no, right? Who, who goes so far back with him that he can, uh, he can, he can defy the, the, the former president and, and speak the truth to them. But at the same time, you know, Donald Trump's endorsement really helped clear the field for Herschel Walker. Folks here think, and probably so do I, Herschel Walker would have won the nomination even without Donald Trump's support because of that sky-high name recognition, but it certainly didn't hurt, and neither did Mitch McConnell's endorsement. But Herschel's stance on a number of issues um, goes against the majority of of where Georgia voters feel, right? Uh, A majority of Georgia voters support Roe v. Wade. Herschel Walker wants an outright ban on abortion, even in cases of rape and incest. Herschel Walker supports expanding gun rights. A majority of Georgia voters say that uh, recently passed permissive gun policies uh, are, are against their views. So, um, and that alone, you know, take away all the violent and, and erratic behavior in his, in his past and all the other stories that have come out, that alone would have put him at odds with a significant number of Georgians. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. One of Walker's sons, Christian, has become a big figure on conservative social media. What has he been doing during his father's campaign? Well, you know, we've been watching him closely for a very long time now to see if he'd ever kind of erupt because he's known for going on you know, social media rants and 
and, and about celebrities and about his own past and all sorts of other things. And he had been kind of quiet about Herschel. Um, you know, he hadn't been at public campaign events with Herschel Walker. He hadn't been front and center by any means in the campaign. After these stories broke, this is what made the Daily Beast stories bigger. Because, you know, you have this allegation for the Daily Beast that Herschel Walker paid for an abortion in 2009 with his then girlfriend. Um, you have a flat out denial from Herschel Walker. So it's a story, but it was Christian Walker going public on his Twitter account saying that basically his dad's a liar. His dad has made a mockery of his family, that his own family had urged Herschel Walker not to run because things like episodes like this and other incidents in their past could come could come out. And finally, you know, after a second report came out that Herschel Walker later had a had a child with this woman, uh, Herschel Walker's son, Christian, who's an adult son, by the way, he's 23, he says, basically, wear a con- wear a condom, damn. <laughs> damn it. Like, go use birth control. It's um jaw-dropping, right? And and also really hard in a sense, because you're seeing this really emotional, personal family drama play out in public. And in a journalistic sense, as you said earlier, the AJC has not independently confirmed this story, but we can all point at Christian Walker's Twitter feed and say, but this is a story because look at the way he's criticizing his dad, essentially. Exactly. I mean, Christian Walker coming out within an hour or two of this Daily Beast report being published changed the entire story, right? I mean, I, I don't think we're alone in terms of we would have, we would have been, we would have played the story a little differently, right? As a, because uh, it, it's hard, you know, it's not because anyone doubts the Daily Beast report, um, you know, that the Daily Beast has been right on other stories as well. But um, it's it's a delicate situation. But I, I I was you know communicating with my with my bosses and my colleagues, and when Christian Walker um, came out it gave the story a different sort of context. It was his own adult son now openly criticizing his father following this report. The polls between Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock have been very close. Given all that you know about Georgia's political makeup, how specifically could these stories damage the Walker campaign? It's a great question. It's a great unknown. My hunch is that it's still going to be very close. I I really think, think there's this... Um, almost misperception, even long before the story, um, from folks outside of Georgia that, oh, you know, they hear Herschel Walker's bizarre statements, they read about his lies, exaggerations, um, they, they, you know, they've they've heard about um, you know, his violent behavior towards women, including his ex-wife, Cindy Grossman. And Georgians are certainly hearing about that too. But um, the polls have remained close. He's been able to survive a lot of that, those, those negative stories and still remain within striking distance. Of Raphael Warnock, most of the polls show, you know, a three, four point gap within the margin of error, which shows that this race is super close. Right now, what we're seeing is unique. Um, we're seeing Republicans fall in basically, this is generalizing, but basically three buckets. The Republicans don't believe the reports at all and are going to vote for Herschel Walker. They say this is all fake news and not to trust it. The Republicans who say they believe the reports, but they they want to support a Republican Senate. So that basically the ends justify the means that they're willing to hold their nose and vote for someone like Herschel Walker if it means that he'll vote reliably with the GOP. And if it means there's a chance that Mitch McConnell could end up becoming the Republican Senate leader and Republicans flip control of an evenly divided chamber. And then there's that smaller, but I think most influential group, which is the voters who even before this, Republicans who are saying, hey, I'm going to vote GOP down the ticket, but I can't vote for Herschel Walker. And that's the group that will that will decide this election. 
There have been a few stories that the polls have moved slightly in Warnock's direction over the last couple of days. How much stock do you put in those? So those polls were taken up before the Daily Beast story or doing the fallout of that. So it's hard to, it's going to be a week or two before we really know if any polls have have shown a, a real significant shift. It's close, right? It's Early voting in Georgia starts in, in about uh, a week and a half. It starts October 17th. Um, the debate with Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock is set for October 14th. So a lot of major moments are happening on the campaign trail. Uh, frankly, also offering Herschel Walker a chance to, if not reset, at least try to stabilize this campaign, change the subject, shift the conversation away from this, something he has failed to do. He completely failed to do that on Thursday when he gets up there and talks about his football career, but that's not shifting the conversation, right? Um, So, you know, I think we'll see some more polls coming out, but some of the polls we'll see still will capture a time before these stories. So we won't really know, but they're going to show, I think a lot of the polls, we saw one poll that showed Warnock with a 12 point lead. No one, including Warnock's campaign, believed that. We saw another poll that showed a three or four point gap. That was believable. That That's something that both campaigns said reflected their internal data. Walker has threatened to sue the Daily Beast. What is the status of that threatened lawsuit? Well, as of this taping on a Friday morning, it has still not been filed. Um, and he threatened to, to, he said, he pledged, frankly, to file that defamation suit the morning after this report. So the report came Monday morning, Monday night. He pledged to file that Tuesday morning. We haven't seen that yet. Um, it, frankly, you know, it's not surprising that he didn't file the suit, but threatened to because it aligns with a lot of what Herschel Walker's campaign has done, which is, you know, that they're, they're, Herschel Walker has said a lot of falsehoods. He's promoted conspiracy theories and he has a lot of exaggerations. And that's his problem right now is that um, if this claim had come out against another Republican in Georgia, a lot of voters would be easier to dismiss it because they trust the candidate. But even his supporters acknowledge, many of his supporters acknowledge he's, he, all this history of lies, this pattern of falsehoods. And that credibility problem might be Herschel Walker's biggest going into the final stretch of this race. How do you think reporters should handle a story when a candidate threatens to sue a publication, which we hear quite a bit? Yeah, I mean, we write it with, uh, you know, a grain of salt, right? That that, that obviously the lawsuit would not be heard. No, no significant action would be taken until after the election, right? When it can easily be dismissed by by Herschel Walker. So we write about that, right? I, I think in one of my stories, I, I can't keep track of all the stories I've written in the last couple of days, but one of them, I quoted uh, a lawyer who's also a, a prominent Democrat here who said exactly that. This is just a smokescreen. Um, you know, Herschel Walker will file it and then and then uh, withdraw it once the election's over. And because he doesn't want to submit himself to all the discovery and all the legal proceedings that would be at stake, right? He'd have to go and speak about his, his history and other things could come out that he would never want out. And we all know that because we've covered plenty of cases where uh, a secondary story comes out that might be even bigger than the claim he was trying to fight. Speaking of pumping out stories, what's this week been like for you as a reporter? Well, super busy. And you know, these days reporters aren't just reporters. Uh, We have lots of different, we wear lots of different hats and certainly there's an insatiable appetite for political stories in Georgia. And so my job has changed even the last couple of years. I mean, certainly a lot since the 2018 campaign. Um, nowadays, you know, our, we have multiple newsletters in the mornings. Um, we have a podcast called Politically Georgia that I host with my colleague, Patricia Murphy, and that comes out at least twice a week, sometimes multiple times. 
Um, you know, TV and radio are an increasingly important part of our job, communicating what's happening in Georgia to a national audience um, and to a local audience because we do a lot of local radio and, and TV shows as well. And then you add to that the traditional print and digital blog and all the other fun stuff that we do. So it's been very busy. I mean, just, just on uh, Thursday, in between driving six hours back and forth to Herschel Walker's event, I had radio hits at a cafe. I had a TV hit in my car. <laughs> I had a, a another uh, appearance at a gas station on the way home. So I think I stopped two or three different times and then got home just in time to go on uh, MSNBC's primetime air. So very, very busy. But of course, our main job is still our main job, which is you know writing for the AJC's digital and print editions. And the growth of your job comes out of the 2020 election where you have this really close presidential race and these two Senate races that go to a runoff? Yeah, although I'd, I'd say it really started in 2018. I mean, in 2016, um, and in, well, 2014, I'd be at campaign events and there would be no one else. I mean, to, uh, to till the very end. Um, and that was, the, you know, Republicans were always expected to win, but it wasn't because of lack of Democratic you know, effort. J- Jimmy Carter's grandson, Jason Carter, was the Democratic nominee for governor. Um, former U.S. Senator Sam Nunn's daughter, Michelle Nunn, was the Democratic can- candidate for Senate race. So very good candidates, uh, but Republicans kind of easily won eight points over both of those campaigns. Started change a little bit in 2016 um, when, uh, you know, I was more in Iowa and New Hampshire and Ohio and South Carolina than I was in Georgia for, for stretches of time because the races, you know, the interesting, you know, uh, Campaign events were there rather than here. But when Donald Trump won, as expected in Georgia, he won by five points, not by eight, and he lost the suburbs. So that was the really first start of the shift. It was Ossoff, John Ossoff, his 2017 U.S. House um, run uh, for a special election to replace a retiring or a congressman who had joined um, Donald Trump's cabinet. That was the big change for me. That was when suddenly, you know, the, all the attention was in our backyard and it just hadn't been before. And I live in that district that he was running in. So I went from having to hop on planes to go to, you know, Iowa to being able to literally walk to campaign events. A candidate for that race owns a jewelry shop across the street from my house. There was debates at my local high school. It was, that was when, you know, that was kind of my wake up call to Georgia becoming really the premier battleground state. I always joke about this with sports writers. You have to have a certain amount of fortune that your team that you're covering wins a championship or is really good in the playoffs. This is the political equivalent of that. The the blue state or the purple state came to you rather than you going to the purple state. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was always super high interest in Georgia, right? There was always intense, intense interest in Georgia. We were having, we were at no shortage of stories to cover here for the last decade, well before Georgia became this premier battleground state. But, um, but nationally, you know, every so often there'd, there'd be a story on some, you know, provocative or controversial legislation or, or development in Georgia. And then, and then, you, you know, you, the attention would shift away, but it was in 2017, the attention really pivoted here and, and it hasn't really left. All right. Last question for you, Greg, a bunch of us non-Georgians learned during that 2020 race that in Georgia, you can't just win an election you have to win a majority of the vote or you go to a runoff. Is that the Walker campaign strategy now? Get it to a runoff, get more distance from these Daily Beast stories? I mean, before before these stories, and maybe even, you know, we'll see, but maybe despite these stories, uh, runoff was looking like the, the, the likeliest outcome. 
a, a runoff that will be in early December. Um, and Warnock's campaign was kind of girding for it as well. And we just, the, the fascinating thing about a runoff in Georgia is we just have no idea what the, what the electorate will look like. I mean, Republicans had thrived in every statewide runoff in Georgia until last year, until Democrats took advantage of Donald Trump's uh, lies about widespread election fraud and his obsession with himself over his Republican allies, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. And of course, really strong campaigns from Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff um, certainly helped their cases and flipped these seats um, and won, won runoffs so for the first time, you know, Democrats in generation. Um, we, they tend to be older, whiter electorates, but we also don't know what if, if Senate control is on the line. If Senate control is on the line all over again, you've got, you know, another $500 million being pumped into Georgia or something like that. And in this case, there's not a nine-week runoff like there was in 2021. Georgia lawmakers thankfully changed the law to make it a four-week runoff. So that means instead of our uh, New Year's and Christmases and Hanukkahs being ruined by campaigns, only our Thanksgiving will be ruined by these campaigns. <laughs> Greg Bluestein, thanks for coming on the Press Box. Hey, thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.